Welcome to The Buzz, I'm Christopher Conover. This week, we look at the recently finished Sunshine Mile construction project. On its face, the widening of Broadway Boulevard between Country Club and Euclid doesn't look like a long-running project. It began in 2019 and wrapped up a few weeks ago. But the redesign of the Sunshine Mile in Tucson has been in the making for decades. It was part of a bond project that passed in the late 1990s, and talk of how to design this stretch of road dates back years before that. What now exists is narrower than what was originally planned, but the slimmed-down design allowed more than 100 buildings to stay standing. Along the way, community involvement became a big part of rethinking the design, thanks in part to Tucson City Council member Steve Kozacek, whose district includes the north half of the Sunshine Mile. I started our conversation by asking him why this project took decades and multiple plans to complete. Well, it was a part of the RTA package that was approved by the voters, what, 15, 18 years ago now. And uh, at the time it was approved, there were certain assumptions made in terms of how people were going to be driving the traffic counts. By the time the construction project was imminent, it was clear that the uh, traffic counts were flawed and what was on the ballot was no longer needed. It was 150 feet wide. It was eight lanes. It was going to require taking out roughly 150 of the small businesses, historic buildings, largely on the north side of the road. So uh, many of us, community residents and myself as the Ward 6 representative, we pretty much uh, went to went to battle against the RTA and against the county and against some of the city planners and said that, look, let's do a few things. Let's uh, save money. Uh, let's not overbuild this roadway and let's save these buildings and these businesses and let's skinny this thing up a little bit. Uh, many of the people on the RTA uh, took the position that, uh, look, it was on the ballot this way. We've got to do it. We told the voters we were going to do it. And they won't respect us anymore next time we go back to the ballot if we if we change uh, change positions. Uh, the perspective many of us brought back to them was, no, I think the voters will act- actually respect us more if we preserve the buildings and do something that uh, that really makes more fiscal sense and more sense in terms of how people are traveling these days. The end of the game, uh, we wound up with six lanes, uh, and we did wind up preserving about 120 of the buildings. Uh, that took quite a while. It took several years and it took a lot of public engagement. We really did make lemonade out of what could have been a lemon though, because at the end of the day, with the Sunshine Mile overlay uh, and the participation of the Rio Nuevo district in a group called Project for Public Spaces, we were able to put an overlay uh, zoning in place on top of the uh, existing zoning, which is going to allow for the development of nodes, of neighborhood scale nodes, residential nodes, of commercial and housing. Uh, that really is more more fitted to not only the corridor itself, but um, but you know the, who we are as Tucson, and uh, it's going to really be a, a cool amenity. And my hope, uh, Christopher, is that it's going to serve as a model for other transit programs around the community going forward. So that instead of simply knocking down buildings and adding asphalt, uh, we're going to be out, out doing outreach to the community and talking about what would you like to see adjacent to your neighborhood. Uh, as as an amenity to your neighborhood, um, and and you know then do the zoning overlays necessary to achieve that. 
it sounds like talking about the uh, lemonade out of lemons without the sunshine mile overlay. It sounds like maybe, in your opinion, uh, shall we say, to to keep that lemonade uh, going, the squeeze might not have been worth the juice. That's exactly right. What we would have wound up having is existing zoning that really did not reflect a what was buildable in the, in the remaining space because people have lost parking and also what B, what the, uh, what the community was after. The, the widening still did take place. We wound up uh, going to about 124, about 124 foot cross width, which means that many of the small businesses and the uh, strip malls along the north side of the roadway lost much of their parking. So the overlay was necessary to put into place things such as cross access agreements so that people can share parking. And so the the overlay really did uh, square the circle and make this a, a a pretty cool project overall. When we went through in Tucson the downtown major revitalization with Rio Nuevo and the streetcar, there were a number of businesses that had been downtown staples that ended up having to move out or close just because they couldn't afford rent. The Chicago store, Hydra, Shot in the Dark. Is there any concern that this improvement will actually improve the area so much that some of the more traditional businesses that have been in the Sunshine Mile in the end won't be able to stay? Actually, what we're finding is just the reverse. What we're finding is that many of the businesses that are there want to stay. Uh, Z-Moms, for instance, I mentioned uh, the Ethiopian uh, cuisine place. Uh, they're now buying, with the help of Renuevo, two parcels to their west, and they're going to expand. Uh, the bungalows, those are going to turn into five small chef-oriented, city of gastronomy-oriented restaurants that uh, Randy Dorman and Monique Lane are putting together. And so they're, so we're finding that the zoning opportunities that we put into place, the parking compromises that are now in place under the uh, terms of the overlay, are making it so that the businesses want to stick around. Rocco's is moving two doors down, for instance. They don't want to leave the Sunshine Mile. They don't want to leave the, the Broadway uh, corridor now that the construction's out of the way and those headaches are gone. You mentioned the neighborhoods, the back doors of all these businesses. They get a bunch of restaurants, but they also get a wider road. What's the good in this uh, for the neighborhoods? Well, I would still take the position that the roadway is effectively overbuilt for 22 of the 24 hours of the day. Uh, we could not get the RTA board or the county, frankly, to uh, back off and say, look, let's just leave it at four lanes and uh, fix the road, fix the roadway, and make amenities to the outside the curb lines. What the neighborhoods will get, though, uh, with the wider roadway are, is multimodal options. There are transit hubs that are built in uh, to, the, uh, to the construction, to the overlay. Uh, there are, some of the businesses will be putting in uh, things such as electric bike charging stations. Uh, we are still fighting to get a, a, a transit-only uh, outer lane, on the uh, dedicated transit lane on the outer lane. So um, but those conversations are still happen happening with the RTA board and with the county. Uh, what the what the what the neighbors are really going to get though is the is the preservation of the buildings that really framed the character of the surrounding community. It sounds like even though maybe you're not completely pleased with it, maybe the neighborhoods aren't completely pleased with it, or the businesses for that matter. In the end, this sounds like maybe this is the way development and road widening should go, at least in Tucson in the future, where everybody is talking about it. I really believe that this this should serve and probably will serve as a template 
for road projects going forward. The community watched this. A lot of the businesses were frustrated. I know a lot of the residents were frustrated at how long it took. But at the end of the day, we have, I think, a good product. And uh, people will now start to see these small local businesses revitalized, expanded, and staying put on the Sunshine Mile. We are gonna, we're about to uh, finish up the uh, Grant Road widening. We're talking about First Avenue, revitalization of the uh, Miracle Mile corridor. This is really gonna be a template for how, how development should take place through lots of public engagement, bringing the business community and the residents together and say, how can we make this the best, not only for the success of the businesses, but for the stabilization and the uh, you know, adding amenities to the neighborhoods that are surrounding those businesses. Ultimately, the businesses want the neighbors to be their customers, right? So, you know, this is a win for everybody. Thanks for spending some time with us. Absolutely. I appreciate the invitation. That was Tucson City Council member Steve Kazachek. When the project was completed, the city of Tucson and its partners held a ribbon-cutting ceremony. The Buzz producer Zach Ziegler attended the event and joins us now. Zach, welcome. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on, Chris. It's, uh, it's good to be out from behind the scenes. Exactly. So while a ribbon-cutting isn't always the best place to find new information, what you were able to do at this one was talk to some people who run businesses along the Sunshine Mile. Yeah, there were a number of local business owners there with a variety of stories. Let's start with Hermosa Salon. That's Hermosa, beautiful in Spanish, uh, but started with the word hair. I didn't choose them solely for the multilingual pun in their name, though it is entertaining. Uh, their business has a very interesting story. Owner Christine Abeda has been in the beauty industry for 16 years. She previously had a studio inside of Mid-Valley Athletic Club just a little south of the Sunshine Mile. They were going through some construction changes and it was time for me to move on to find a, a new location. So I went around the corner and found 2425 East Broadway. It was a perfect location for us to start Hermosa Salon. By the way, that move came in early 2020, months into Sunshine Mile construction and months before the pandemic shutdowns began. I think they were both a challenge. Uh, the pandemic was an obstacle I don't, no one saw coming. Um, so we had to get creative, especially because we're direct service providers. Now that's quite the double whammy for a business. How'd they make it through? Luckily, Abeda and her daughters, who also work for the business, came in with loyal customers, not uncommon for the beauty industry. And like many Sunshine Mile businesses, they also received some help from the city of Tucson. We really took advantage of those opportunities and just tried to do everything we could to keep ourselves exposed and to be uh, available to our clients without too much distraction from the construction. And uh, all of our, our clients seem to be really grateful that it's over. <laughs> it's not such a challenge to access our building anymore, but... Um, it's been an uphill climb, and I feel like it's been worth it. Now, that includes a lot of social media outreach, she said. So how do things look from here? Is it all sunny days ahead, since we're talking about the Sunshine Mile? <laughs> yeah, well, Abeda says her customers are very happy to not have to deal with construction zones anymore, at least not on this stretch. It is Tucson, so there's always going to be some kind of road construction somewhere. 
But there's also some concern about how long this location will work for Hermosa, both because the company is growing and because of what often comes with the end of neighborhood revitalization projects. That's rent rises. I mean, I'm, I'm sure rents will go up. Um, I don't know that we will stay in the location that we're at long term, but it was a great place for us to start and to create our brand. We are Tucson natives, so we're here to stay. Um, and we hope to stay on Broadway on the Sunshine Mile. So that's the view of a business that's new to the neighborhood and managed to make it through the double whammy of construction and the pandemic. But you also took a look at another one that took a different tack. Yeah, let's switch to talk about Zemam's Ethiopian cuisine. They're a longtime Sunshine Mile occupant, starting at their location on Broadway, east of Treat Avenue in 1995. I spoke with Thaven Gebramariam, the daughter of Zemam's owner, Emmanuel Gebramariam. She recently came back to the family business. We've entered this project uh, as a family. So it's myself, my mom, my dad, and my two brothers. My two brothers have been in the restaurant business for the last, you know, eight plus years. And I just recently moved home to help. So I'm the low man on the totem pole these days. Oldest, oldest kid, but low man on the totem pole when it comes to restaurant. The original location of Zamam's was closed for about two years now. She says because of both the construction and COVID, and they may have shut down entirely if not for their second location on Speedway Boulevard. It would have been catastrophic for our family. We would have lost this business and had to uh, start from scratch somewhere else and, and somewhere else in the city, but potentially somewhere not in the city, right? It would have been absolutely devastating for us. We've been in Tucson as residents for a really long time and the city's been so good to us. And had we not, had my dad not had the foresight to think, okay, we've been talking about widening Broadway for, you know, 15 plus years, we should probably think about what that would do to our current business. So if we, if he hadn't had the foresight to expand to Speedway and Stone, it would have been detrimental for us. Now, Zamams isn't just making it through this. When you talked with Faven, she was showing you some big plans for their Broadway location. Yeah, thanks to some help from Rio Nuevo, they have bigger plans for Broadway, a project whose name gets my approval based on my initials, Z Street. So it is a city block of internationally themed experiences. So we are expanding our original restaurant. We're actually tripling in size directly to the west of us. We're going to have an international sports lounge where you can watch your English premier soccer games, the rugby, the cricket, all the sports that are kind of hard to find in Tucson currently. Then there's plans for an Ethiopian coffee shop that will offer what Americans think of when you say coffee shop, you know, lattes, espressos, drip coffee, and the traditional Ethiopian coffee experience. All three of those properties will have a communal outdoor space. It'll tie the whole experience in. And we are hopeful that in the outdoor space to have four food vendor stalls where local chefs who don't necessarily have the capital to open up a brick and mortar can come join us at Z Street on a rotating basis and hopefully outgrow us. The goal is that they bring their pastries and falafel and coffee and and what have you they start small and they outgrow us over the course of, you know, their contract. And there's also going to be a space for a parking lot that will hopefully make accessing all of this easier. 
the Gebramariums were hoping to have all of this done in time for the World Cup soccer matches, but those games begin Sunday morning for us in Arizona. Uh, side note for the curious, U.S. begins play Monday at noon against Wales. Uh, Vaven was showing me blueprints, not pictures, so that's not going to happen. Their new hope is for this summer. You know, there's very few places to congregate in, in Tucson that are outside of downtown or, or perhaps even, you know, a little bit further north. But being able to come to Sunshine Mile and eat really good food, listen to great music, have really wonderful experiences. And everyone's been really supportive. There's not an energy of competition so much as it is uplifting support from all the businesses. You mentioned Rio Nuevo had a part in this project. Zimam's isn't alone. Rio Nuevo is helping another longtime Sunshine Mile resident, Rocco's Little Chicago, build a new location. And there's a series of historic bungalows that are being moved and renovated for small eateries and shops, right? Yeah, they've focused on helping this area stay accessible for businesses and people while also building up a major thoroughfare into downtown. And if you don't mind me stealing the tease for the second half of the show, we'll be hearing about that coming up. All right. Well, that was the tease for the second half of the show. Uh, For those of you who are just joining us, that was Buzz producer Zach Ziegler bringing us a business owner perspective of this project and stealing a bit of my job. You're listening to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. We're looking at the recently completed Sunshine Mile construction project east of downtown Tucson. While the city of Tucson and the Regional Transportation Authority concern themselves with how to modernize the stretch of Broadway Boulevard between Euclid Avenue and Country Club Road, another organization handled what happened on Broadway's north side. Rio Nuevo is a special taxation district that has helped with the revitalization of areas near downtown Tucson. Its efforts on the Sunshine Mile are the first time the district has ventured east of that area. We spoke with Rio Nuevo Board Chair Fletcher McCusker and started by asking how the district found itself involved in a project that reached beyond the area it's focused on so far. When Rio Nuevo was formed in 1999, they drew a boundary line from the base of A Mountain all the way to Park Place Mall. And of course, the legislature approved that. Our focus has been on downtown. The original Rio Nuevo was focused mostly on the far west side, Um, but that was um, my word, gerrymandered, to allow the uh, sales tax from the large malls to benefit Rio Nuevo. So Rio Nuevo is a sales tax, tax increment financing district. We get 50% of the sales tax produced inside that geography. Uh, so they designed that to primarily suck up the tax. And this was long before anybody ever thought about widening Broadway. But when it was widened, it is indeed within our district. So what is it about the Sunshine Mile project, even though it's in the district, that sparked Rio Nuevo's interest in it? Because obviously you all get plenty of pitches, if you will. Well, this pitch came from council member Steve Kozacic. So um, the widening was going to demolish something in the neighborhood of 50 properties, seven of them because they were actually in the roadway, 
but the rest of them were going to be torn down just because they stole all the parking. So these strip malls that were built in the you know, 50s and 60s, all the parking was designed to be out front. And of course, the widening would uh, seriously take all that away. So the RTA's plan was to demolish some 50 properties. Many of them were existing retail. Many of them were residential. So we convinced the city and the RTA to, instead of demolishing them, turn them over to Rio Nuevo. And we will try to activate them and find alternative parking solutions uh, and create some kind of destination along that two mile section. Uh, so we ended up with 50 properties uh, that are from Country Club to Euclid. Talking about those historic buildings, the bungalows, uh, which get a lot of uh, talk in the Sunshine Mile project, there have been those who have been critical of the downtown Rio Nuevo parts of projects for changing the look of downtown, getting rid of some of the old look, and there's been some criticism of it. So why, why is preservation important in this instance? Downtown, we tried to accomplish a balance. And we have, in fact, invested in and saved several downtown historical structures. The Marist College, for example, which would have otherwise been torn down. And we think that's part of what differentiates us from a Phoenix or a Scottsdale or Austin or Portland, you know, where you have these really interesting, you know, 19th century properties along with this modern streetscape. So that was the thinking along Broadway. Um, you may or may not know that the Sunshine Mile is a nationally registered historic district. Uh, so it was important, I think, for everyone to try and maintain the historical legacy and accuracy of those mid-century properties. A lot of them were designed by very well-known Tucson architects. At the same time, we drafted the Sunshine Mile Overlay District, which encouraged mid-rise and high-rise uh, buildings along that same strip, which ultimately would accomplish the same thing we've done downtown. Historical preservation, new uh, residential mixed-use retail mid-rises or high-rises. So we really applied, try to apply both historical preservation and new development consistently in the 10 years that I've been involved. So since most of Rio Nuevo's work has been in that downtown area, a lot of high density in that area, how different is it working now on the Sunshine Mile stuff, which is lower density than downtown? A large part of what we've done, and we have private sector partners now in every one of those projects, is to create something that's a neighborhood destination. So the idea is Broadway is going to be a 40 mile an hour uh, thoroughfare, but can we design these so they're approachable from the rears? They all have alleys. They were all basically trash pickup alleys, but they all could be really interesting cobblestone streets or brick streets or, you know, cafes that open up to the back uh, to where people approach these projects now from the rear. The frontage might have some outdoor seating, but the access to most everything is going to come from the backside. We think that makes it really interesting for the neighborhoods to have kind of their own place to walk to. 
And you've seen that a little bit in the Jostler Village, the corner of Country Club and Broadway. As things developed there, particularly Bisbee Breakfast Club, people within that neighborhood started to walk to these food destinations. Flora, Bisbee Breakfast Club, the Sushi Garden. Uh, all of a sudden that became a walkable block and it attracts people from Encanto, Sam Hughes, Colonial Solana, Broadmoor. We think that'll occur down the line all the way to Iron Horse, which is at the far east end. So our intent and the work we're doing with developers is to make them neighborhood centers, small cafes, small retail, you know, outdoor bars, outdoor venues, uh, nothing really of serious scale. You mentioned earlier that some people may be surprised that Sunshine Mile is within the boundaries of Rio Nuevo. So this is the first move to the east, uh, if you will, for Rio Nuevo. Are we going to see more on that stretch of East Broadway now as part of Rio Nuevo? I can say I don't think it's totally out of school. We've been approached by the people from Denver that bought the old Sears building about doing something mixed use in and around that property. They also own the parking lots there around Sears and east of Sears. Uh, and this company has gone into kind of obsolete malls and attached them to multifamily mid-rise. So it's entirely conceivable that Rio Nuevo will engage at the far east end of our boundary to help develop some uh, interesting uses in and around the mall. All right. Well, I guess more to come. Yeah, we're very busy. We're busier than we've ever been. Um, COVID was devastating for us. Our revenue dropped to zero. Uh, last year's revenue post-pandemic was the highest it's ever been. And we've been inundated with developers that are restaurateurs, hotel operators, multifamily apartment builders, small and cafe, many of them are from out of town. You know, so Tucson and downtown Tucson are very much on the map. Uh, we like to think that we're the next Austin, that you're gonna see this kind of migration toward downtown, but a lot of it will be music related, food related, very much like you might see at Sixth Street Austin. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you for having me and you're right, more to come. So. Uh, Come on downtown. That was Rio Nuevo board chair Fletcher McCusker. And that's the buzz for this week. Tune in next week as we gear up for the holiday shopping season with a look at the future of shopping malls in Southern Arizona. Find all of our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Zach Ziegler is our producer with production help from Samantha Larnett. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer, and our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.